of America. Friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the March 23rd edition of the sunny side of sports. Let's kick off once again with African men's football Egypt will host Senegal in one of five World Cup qualifying playoff matches on Friday in Africa. It's a rematch of last month's Africa Cup of Nations final in Cameroon, where Senegal beat Egypt on penalty kicks 4-2 after 120 minutes of scoreless football. It was Senegal's first Nations Cup trophy. For insights into the Egypt-Senegal World Cup qualifying playoff, Iron Mike Mbonye contacted African football analyst Emmanuel Okara. The upcoming World Cup qualifiers showdown between the Teranga Lions of Senegal and the Pharaohs of Egypt is definitely part two of the rivalry that got stoked at the recently concluded AFCON tournament in Cameroon. And this time around, Coach Carlos Queros and his boys will do everything to see that they win the match, especially the first leg that will be played in their home and to make sure the second leg will just be a fate accomplished. As for the Teranga Lions, uh, Coach Aliu Sise will definitely want to see that uh, he goes one up, as two up against the Egyptians when they meet to ensure that uh, they get the tickets for the Qatar 2022 World Cup and also to make it the third time the Senegalese will be qualifying for the World Football Fiesta. All I can say is that uh, good luck to the uh, two teams and uh, the winner will be a good footballer at the end of the day. Some football analysts think the match between the Pharaohs of Egypt and the Teranga Lions of Senegal will be a repeat of AFCON 2021 finals. What's your take on this? Having lost out to the Teranga Lions at the recently concluded AFCON, which took place in Cameroon, the pharaohs of Egypt will definitely go all out to make amends by clinching the ticket in the upcoming World Cup playoffs, which will start this weekend. And uh, for coach Carlos Queros, Mohamed Salah, Mohamed Elneny, the goalkeeper Gaboski, and others, they will want to make sure that this will be Egypt's fought out in at the World Cup. The first time Egypt qualified for the World Cup was 1934. Then it took a while before they qualified again in 1990. Then after 1990, the next time they qualified was four years ago, and they will want to make sure they get the ticket this time around. Not only will they want to get the ticket, but they will want to also use it to prove to doubters that the victory the Teranga Lions had over them was a fluke. Emma, the Pharaohs of Egypt and the Teranga Lions of Senegal are big names in African football. Which team do you think will be favorized to book the Qatar 2022 World Cup ticket? The Teranga Lions 
of Senegal and the pharaohs of Egypt are big teams, big names, big boys, so to speak. Any of them can easily get the ticket. I cannot stick out my, stick out my neck to say the Egyptians will defeat the Senegalese or the Senegalese will defeat uh, the Egyptians. What will matter at the end of the day is the team that takes the opportunities that comes their way. How do I mean by that? That is goals, scoring goals and making minimal mistakes. Ultimately, getting the ticket will be the ultimate prize. It will even dwarf, or should I say, subsume the pain they felt when they lost to the Senegalese. And the Senegalese, they will see it as a, affirming their superiority over the pharaohs of Egypt if they should uh, get the ticket at their expense. All I can say is uh, good luck to the two teams. As for who will qualify, any of them can qualify. That's African football analyst Emmanuel Okara. And he spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Lagos, Nigeria. Sporty greetings. This is Sunday Olise, former captain and coach of the Super Eagles of Nigeria. You're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Thanks. Thanks, Sunday. Sunday Olise played in two World Cups for the Super Eagles of Nigeria at USA 1994 and France 1998. Meanwhile, FIFA is now accepting applications from anyone who is interested in becoming a volunteer for this year's World Cup tournament in Qatar. VOA's Gwen Uten has details and comments from FIFA President Gianni Infantino, who officially launched the volunteer program on Monday. Friends, volunteers from uh, all over the world, what an emotion it is to be here tonight with you to officially launch the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 Volunteers Program. Thanks for being here. That is FIFA President Gianni Infantino, who officially opened the application process in Doha for all who are interested in becoming a volunteer for Qatar World Cup 2022. Applicants must be at least 18 years of age by October of this year and speak fluent English. And those who also speak Arabic will have an added advantage of being selected. FIFA is seeking volunteers from all over the globe and on monday infantino told the crowd of 3500 potential volunteers that when the world cup kicks off this november their numbers will more than triple you are 3500 by the start of the world cup on 21st of november this year you will be over 20,000 volunteers and thanks to you we can show to the entire world that Qatar, that the Gulf, that the whole Middle East, that the whole Arab world is welcoming the world for an incredible experience here in November and December of this year. The world will unite in Qatar. The world will unite in this part of uh, the universe. The world will be together. The world will celebrate an unforgettable 
event. The 2022 Qatar World Cup is set to make history as not only the first tournament ever to take place in the Middle East, but also the first World Cup to be held at the end of the calendar year in November and December. And Infantino says he will need the help of tens of thousands of volunteers to stage such an unprecedented global event. We need the volunteers who are here. We need those who come from all over the world. And this is exactly what FIFA is about. It's about bringing the world together, about uniting the world, about bringing all nationalities to come together and to enjoy and celebrate a peaceful event, a wonderful event, an event with a lot of uh, joy and a lot of emotion. And for this, I want to thank each and everyone of you. This year's Qatar World Cup finals kick off on November 21st. And in four years, history will be made again when Canada, Mexico and the United States host the first ever expanded World Cup tournament in 2026. And that is all for me, Sonny. Back over to you. Thanks, Gwen. That's my VOA colleague, Gwen Uden. The Basketball Africa League is back. Voice of America joins forces with Africa's premier men's basketball league to bring you the second season of the BAL. 38 games, 12 teams leaving it all on the court in Senegal, Egypt and Rwanda to determine the 2022 season champion. Tune in to VOA 24-7, FMs and to our radio and TV affiliates for some action. Pre-game. Play-by-play, post-game, daily highlights, delivered by our finest commentators. Basketball Africa League 2022 on Voice of America. May the best team win. Basketball Africa League 2022 resumes April 9th in Cairo, Egypt, where Nile Conference games will be played. In the opening contest, 2021 ball champion Zamalek of Egypt will host Cobra Sport of South Sudan. Ahead of the 2022 season, the league launched the Ball Elevate program in cooperation with the NBA Academy Africa. The program places a player from the academy on one of the 12 ball teams. The Senegalese player Matar Diop was placed with the Cape Town Tigers team from South Africa. I asked the head coach of the Tigers, Relton Boyson, about Diop. We only had a few conversations, um, you know, uh, from what from what I know of him, very hard worker, um, down to earth, um, easy easy uh, to adapt to new systems. But in terms of play wise, um, he's hard grinder, do the basic pick and roll, uh, get the rebounds, you know, block some shots, and that's what we're going to expect from him uh, when he's going to get the opportunity. Very good initiative. Um, by Bal to bring in young players and giving them opportunity. We already saw how specifically Ruben that played for the Bayern have, have played a lot of minutes um, and have made his mark um, in the Basketball Africa League. 
Um, so definitely, you know, I love this initiative by, by Bao, and it's something that should definitely continue in the future with the next seasons to come. Thanks, Coach. That's Relton Boyson, the head coach of the Basketball Africa League's Cape Town Tigers team. Also joining us is the Malian big man, Czech Tierro of the VOA's French to Africa service. Czech, what do you think of the Ball Elevate program? I think Ball Elevate is a great thing, Sonny. It's for the future of the African basketball player right now in this league because all these kids are below 18 or 18, the oldest, or 19. Um, I played basketball without a border in the past, and uh, that's what turned to be this right now. And uh, most of those kids, you know, they have experience playing junior NBA, uh, which Africa bring teams in Orlando to represent Africa. Um, I know for sure the one I saw right there, the first uh, part of the conference was really good, and it was impressive. Uh, this is kid that they're going to have experience and, uh, from the, this year, and I'm glad that Galofal really did this opportunity to get them on team in order to have experience and because it's the highest level they play against players that have a lot of experience in college uh, I saw the Chinyake Chinyake uh, from uh, uh, I believe uh, is Beira I think it's uh, from Beira and uh, see he, the Nigerian the Nigerian the Nigerian I think it's from uh, Beira yeah he played for me Beira and he had a monster dunk on the players that was very <laughs> experimented you know and I was impressive because he saw the player was a black shot, black shooter. Like every time he, pluck, he shot, shot black left and right, and he said, "Okay, this guy is a shot blocker. If you hook shot in, he's gonna block it." He went for dunk on him, and that was the best play of the game. And I saw him there, and like unfortunately, they're not playing a lot of team. Babacar Sane also played for the Duke Senegal, and he really did some impressive alley hoop. You know, you will see kids that don't have a great feet. Energy, they don't get tired easy, Sonny. When you get old, you get tired easy. <laughs> you do. Yeah. You do get yeah. tired easily. Yeah. No, matter, no matter how talented you are, when you're tired, you cannot jump as high you want to. So this kid can outmatch anybody as far away from tiredness on the court. And if any coach is able to really use that on them, is going to be very beneficial to you because they're active, running like they can do, they can jump three, four times on rebound against a big man like Manga. You saw Manga on the, on the tournament. Big uh, guy. Yeah, big, big guy. guy. You see uh, Bukishu from ISLA. This is big men that really, they, they have skill set, but the athleticism, blocking shot, running the floor faster, is not really there. So these kids have it. And this is the young group of age the NBA is looking for if there's a chance for NBA to have a bridge from this league. They are looking for young men that are going to be able to do these kind of things. They're not looking for a guy that have experience. NBA is a bunch of experienced stuff. So it's a very good thing. And I think the one that we saw so far on the Sahara Conference are really good. And we saw Mbai from, uh, 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 I believe, from Rwanda team. Uh, we saw Joy Ogun from Nigeria. We saw Mbai from uh, the Slack team. You know, and he's having a lot of experience playing with two American point guards. He's having a good experience playing with Crawford, and he's having good experience with playing other guys. This is how point guards are supposed to be look like, and they and he did good as as far as we saw. So I'm excited to see the rest of them in the Neil Conference in Cairo. You know, <laughs> as include the one is playing for coach right now. He's a six nine kid. I saw that he he has some experience playing basketball in the United States here. Okay, I think okay. he went to his a community college in in, in Cincinnati. You know, but. 
community college, you got a chance to go to college. So he got future in him. He's only young, so he got a lot of future coming. That's the Malian big man, Czech Tierro of the VOA's French to Africa service. And Czech spoke with me at our Voice of America studios here in Washington. I'm Sonny Young, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on the Voice of America. This is the voice of America. Washington, DC. Hi, I'm Kim Lewis. Join me and a panel of journalists as we discuss the top stories of the week, including U.S. President Joe Biden warned of the potential for Russia to carry out cyber attacks against U.S. interests or deploy biological or chemical weapons in Ukraine as Russia's Ukrainian invasion nears the one-month point. Join us for Issues in the News this Saturday and Sunday on The Voice of America. Go beyond the daily headlines with VOA's Flashpoint Ukraine. Each weekday at 1935 UTC, join me, Steve Miller, as I put the latest developments into a global context with interviews and analysis. Listen online at voanews.com slash flashpoint or in your favorite podcast player. I'm VOA's Sonny Young, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. In National Basketball Association action Tuesday night, the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks trounced the Chicago Bulls by 28 points. The AP's Chuck Freeman reports from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. The Bucks continue to pile up wins over the rival Bulls, having beaten them 15 of the last 16 meetings, a 126-98 Bucks victory. Drew Holiday had a game-high 27. Giannis Antetokounmpo had 25 points and 17 rebounds. The Bucks are 9-4 since the All-Star break. Antetokounmpo says things are moving in the right direction, heading down the home stretch of the season. You cannot step on the floor and say, oh, we're going to win every time. Like, it's, it's impossible, you know, but... Uh, you know, at the end of the day, we know that the effort is there. Now, our effort is there every single night, you know, win or lose. A 23-4 first half run put the Bucks in control. Containing Bulls star DeMar DeRozan played a huge part. DeRozan had 21, but started the game 2 of 11 as the Bucks built their big lead. It's definitely not a talent issue at all, you know, because we proved we are a great team. You know, um, just execute, execution, like you said, especially when you're playing against top-notch teams that – you know, they understand the value of executing on both ends. Nikola Vucevic had 22 for the Bulls. Chuck Freeman, Milwaukee. Thanks, Chuck. We heard from Bulls star DeMar DeRozan at the end of Chuck's report. Bucks coach Mike Budenholzer says the Bucks paid special attention to DeRozan. We've made it a big point of emphasis. You know, it's it's uh, it's one thing to talk about it, but, you know, credit to our players for going out there and having the discipline. You know, it's so many pump fakes. Um, you know, he's so crafty, so clever. Trey Young was crafty, clever, and prolific Tuesday night. 
The Atlanta Hawks star fired in 45 points, including seven three-pointers to lead the Hawks to a 117-111 victory over the host New York Knicks. In two more NBA results, the Orlando Magic beat the visiting Golden State Warriors 94-90, to and the Denver Nuggets defeated the visiting Los Angeles Clippers 127-115. to In more NBA news, Bosnian big man Yusuf Nurkic of the Portland Trailblazers was fined $40,000 by the league for confronting a fan at a game at Indiana and throwing the person's cell phone. The incident happened shortly after Sunday's game between the Blazers and the Pacers. Nurkic approached the fan, walked within a few inches of the person, grabbed the fan's cell phone, and tossed it into nearby seats. The NBA also took disciplinary action against two more players. Warriors forward Draymond Green was fined $25,000 and Knicks forward Julius Randle was fined $40,000 for profane and hostile language toward a game official. Both incidents happened during games on Sunday. Hi, this is Larry London, the host of VOA's Border Crossings, where we feature music and interviews along with your favorite artists from around the world. Tune in and interact live with us here in Washington, D.C. Hello, Shirin. Hello, Larry. How are you? Good. How are you tonight? Border Crossings comes to you Monday through Friday at 1500 UTC GMT. Thanks, Larry. That's Larry London, a man who's always ready to cross musical borders. I encourage our sunny side of sports listeners to follow me on Facebook and Twitter. My Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. Once again, that address, facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. And my Twitter handle is at VOA Sunny Sports. Once again, my Twitter handle at VOA Sunny Sports. Top ranked tennis star Ash Barty announced her retirement on Instagram Wednesday. The 25 year old Barty wrote, and I quote, Today is difficult and filled with emotion for me as I announce my retirement from tennis. I am so thankful for everything this sport has given me, and I leave feeling proud and fulfilled. Thank you to everyone who has supported me along the way. I'll always be grateful for the lifelong memories that we created. In her Instagram post, Ash Barty also shared an interview she did with Australian tennis broadcaster Casey Delacqua, a former player. She asked Barty why the decision was made to retire now. Barty said she was spent and wanted to chase other dreams. In January, Ash Barty fulfilled a big tennis dream, winning the Australian Open in her home country. It was Barty's third major title, including the 2019 French Open and at Wimbledon last year. In the women's singles final in Melbourne, Barty defeated American Danielle Collins 6-3 and 7-6. 
in this sunny side of sports highlight for 2022. Let's listen to Craig Gabriel's post-match report from Melbourne. Australia has been waiting 44 years for this moment. For more than four decades, there's been a drought. Since 1978, no Australian woman has won the Australian Open. On a mild evening with the roof over the famed Rod Laver Arena open, all that was changed by a 25-year-old from Queensland. Ash Barty is on cloud nine. She defeated Danielle Collins in her toughest match of the tournament, and she won her first Australian Open and third career major. It took Barty one hour, 27 minutes, by the score of 6-3-7-6, to claim the championship. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible, I think. As, as Aussies, we're exceptionally lucky to to be Grand Slam Nation, to get to experience to play at home is is really special and to be here um, as as a champion of the, the tournament is really exciting. Barty only needed one service break to win the first set, but the match turned around in the second as Collins went up a double break and led 5-1. In tennis, they say the seventh game is the vital seventh, and it happened to be the case again, because from that point, the Australian won four consecutive games as they advanced to the tiebreak, which Barty controlled and won seven points to two. Collins said she was disappointed. Yeah, um, you know, not the result that I wanted, uh, obviously, tonight, but... I gave it my best effort. I, I did everything that I could. I was pushed to the max, and um, I gave myself a chance there and in the end. And uh, unfortunately, it didn't go my way, but I did everything I could, and, and that's all you can do at the end of the day. So it was a great event for me. Um, accomplished some new things, learned a lot of new things, and um, you know certainly have some areas to improve, which is, which is a good thing. And... Uh, yeah, played against a, a great competitor tonight, and it was a fun battle. Christine O'Neill was the last Australian woman to win, and she was watching the final from the president's box. But the huge surprise for Ash was that the Daphne Akers Memorial Cup was presented by the legendary Yvonne Goolagong, who for Barty is an idol and mentor and close friend. She now has those three majors. This Australian Open will sit alongside her 2019 French Open and 2021 Wimbledon. Craig Gabriel, VOA Sports, Melbourne. Thanks, Craig. Once again, if you're just tuning in now to the sunny side of sports, top-ranked tennis star Ash Barty announced her retirement on Wednesday. Spanish tennis star Rafael Nadal will be sidelined for four to six weeks because of a rib injury, putting in jeopardy his preparations for the French Open in two months. Rafa suffered the injury in the semifinals of the BNP Paribas Open in Indian Wells, California. Writing on Twitter, Rafa said, This is not good news and I didn't expect it. I'm devastated because I was off to a great start this season. In fact, the 35-year-old Nadal had won his first 20 matches to begin the 2022 season, including winning the Australian Open in Melbourne. If Rafa can recover from this rib injury, he'll try to win a record-extending 14th French Open title in Paris this year. Rafa lost to eventual champion Novak Djokovic in the semifinals of last year's tournament in France.
This is Heather Maxwell, host of Music Time in Africa. Join me every Saturday and Sunday for an hour of awesome African music. Wake up. Like to stay on top of new music trends? Breakout artists? New releases? Maybe you just love the classic styles and the artists of the past. Or simply the sound and feel of a good beat. Whatever your pleasure, you can get it every week right here on Music Time in Africa. So join me on your local FM station, Saturdays and Sundays at 1500 and 2000 UTC. Hi, my name is Julius Diego, former world javelin champion and Olympic silver medalist. And you are listening to the Sony site of sports on the Voice of America. Former world javelin champion Julius Yego of Kenya says his target for 2022 is the World Athletics Championships, which will take place in the northwest U.S. city of Eugene, Oregon, from July 15th to July 24th. The 33-year-old Yego told Kenya's Daily Nation newspaper that before the World Championships, he plans to compete at the Kip Kano Classic in May in Nairobi and maybe a couple of other events. Meanwhile, Kenya's reigning world champion at 5,000 meters, Helen Obiri, will compete in the Istanbul Half Marathon in Turkey on Sunday. In the men's race in Istanbul, three Kenyans, Daniel Mateko, Rogers Kwemoy, and Josephat Tanui, are expected to challenge for top honors. All three Kenyan athletes have personal best times under 60 minutes for the half marathon distance. The Kenyan flag, it'll be waving on Sunday at the Istanbul Half Marathon in Turkey. And that wraps up the March 23rd edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington, and that's the sunny side of sports. I get it.